Hello and welcome to the Reptile Living Room. We are coming to you uh, live from the Canadian Reptile Breeders Expo, hosted by one Grant Crossman. And today I have the luxury of sitting down with Adrian Haig of Five Foot Sixteen Exotics. He's known as Addy to his friends and uh, fellow herpers out there. So, without further ado, here is Adrian Haig of Five Foot Sixteen Exotics. Enjoy. Okay, so I'm here with Addy from Five Foot Sixteen Exotics. Um, Addy, we were just talking about you know how you got started and you know your first ball python. But before we get into how you got started, I really liked what you said about the show itself and what you're doing at the show. You're not here to sell. your well, I'll let you tell. I'll let you explain it. <laughs> you know, we always say it as it is like show business. You're showing people what you have. Um, you know, really, when I come to a show, I just I'm happy if I cover the table. Right. And anything on top of that, it's all fun. But with me, it seems to be that you'll do two thirds more sales after the show because people will get the ideas and they're walking around, they pick up a business card, or they'll take a shot at the snake that they like, mm -hmm. go back and then look at it on their own laptop or their phone when they get home. If it's water, that's great. If not. And the beautiful thing now is a lot of the guys are kind of one hand washes the other. I don't have that, but go see this guy, go see this girl, she's got that. You know, so it's pretty cool now. It's good industry. Yeah. Now, how did you get started in this community, by the way? In this community, it was, I actually started off with a ball python after seven years. They're just a normal male, I believe, uh, from Super Pet. And then I, I needed a, an outlet, something to do on my spare time. And I've always been interested in uh, animals, not as much reptiles, but certainly it's, uh, you know, it seems to have evolved now into, uh, well, like I say, it was my daughter's snake she got when she was seven. So we had that for seven years, and now uh, we have about 350. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... <laughs> We're doing all right. <laughs> a little bit of evolving there. Yeah, no kidding. We've evol evolved into a monster. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, some of the morphs you're producing um, that you have on the table here today, which I'll take shots of in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, the highway and then this white tiger. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Absolutely. The uh, the white tigers are a new triple. And it's um, a Mojave Desert and an Enchi rolled into one. Okay. So uh, we did really well on those. They came out very, very striking. The thing about the desert gene is that the, uh, the, everything they touch seems to look better from them. The unfortunate thing is you have the issue with the females. So I tell people, understand what you're getting into. The females were wonderful pets, but I wouldn't advise them anything else right now. Right. You know, you know, speaking of the desert, I've heard, and there's a lot of talk, and I'm sure you've seen it too, going around the forums and what have you, about the deserts, the, like you said, the desert moors, for some reason, it's like the females are almost sterile in a way. Is they that actually, what it is? Or, they, I mean, what's well, going on there? Um, well, just from my own personal experience, right. I had a desert female. She was a, a very slow eater, very, very slow. Okay. Uh, so it took me almost four years to get her to about 1,400 grams. Um, I bred her, she became, she laid three slugs over about five weeks and became egg bound and died, which seems to be the, the general norm, what happens with desert females. Right. As far as selling, I didn't sell any desert females, I gave all the desert females a bread away last year to the guys who helped me on the tables. Okay. I felt pretty good about that. I, some people still hold out hope that the, the combo females may become viable and produce eggs, but... 
right now I'm still leaning more towards beautiful pets and powerful males. Right. Okay. Yeah, so it's it was kind of a some people saying, well, you know, it's not worth anything really, the desert gene. Right. If you think about it, it could mean that the males are worth twice as much if only half the clutch is viable. If only half are good for using and the other half are just fantastic, beautiful pets. The male it's still command for everybody. Well, it's it, it seems to be better if you let them know. I'll tell people if you're planning on breeding, a desert's not for you. Right. If you just want a really cool, and you know, not everybody who buys a dog is into breeding a dog. Right. Some exactly. people just want a pet. Right. You know, and that could be the same. A lot of people just walking around. You know, what have you got that would make a great pet for a, a young boy, young girl, or just me who can't have a dog or a cat where I live? Right. Right. Then that works. You know, but. You don't have to spend a lot to get into a, a, a really nice snake nowadays. It's the, the market has certainly evolved and, you know, getting the $125 bush babies out of the, the crates. I think that business has pretty much become redundant now because there's such a, a massive selection of, of well-bred, well-cared for and healthy snakes that are being produced every year. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it, that's the win-win situation as I see it. Exactly. Less from the wild. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's just stronger and healthier. Right. Very definitely. Now tell us about the highway. Where did, how did that come about? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a really unusual snake. The highway ball started off, I traded for that uh, about four years ago I believe. And I, I traded uh, two snakes, a spider heptide and a sugar, and some money, and I got the what I thought was a pastel super, a yellow belly super strike. Okay. So I, I grew it up a little bit, got some weight on it, and I put it a, a shot on Bush League as a yellow belly super stripe and that's when we realized it actually wasn't it was something else which was unknown and uh, again that's that's the beauty there's no such thing as a normal ball python right they all have hidden genetics apparently but it's just do, do you have the right key to unlock it right as it right. turned out the gentleman who bred these did have but didn't know it right so you know i called him back and said i think you might be on something here check this thread out and then uh, the rest is history nice yeah nice so what genes are you unlocking this year or can you tell us i well i'm heavily into the orange dream which is a wonderful wonderful project it's really taken off vanilla is very strong as well that's really really going places yeah. um i'm liking the hypo and i really like the, the, the black exanthic oh, black okay. exanthic for me is is this guy here? Right. Um, but what I'm doing with him, I'm breeding him into all my um, recessive projects, but that's all my little keepers. Gotcha. That's, this is my playground. All right. This is where we have our fun. Yeah, and everything yeah. else, you know, you breed for everybody, but sometimes you just breed for yourself. Right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Gotcha. <laughs> well, Eddie, it was great talking to you. Thanks for being a pleasure, man. Thank you for your time. All right. So there you have it, folks. That was Adrian or Addy to his friends from 5 Foot 16 Exotics. If you are in the Canada area or need to check Addy out, you can find him at 5foot16exotics.com. Thanks very much for tuning into the Reptile Living Room.